hopefully this parable, or not parable, but this story will, will speak something into your heart. Praise God. While driving through town in his shiny new red pickup truck and listening to the radio, Joe, everybody say Joe. Joe. Do we have any Joes here tonight? Yeah, that's, I, I feel bad for Joes because they get picked on a lot. They really do. But Joe heard an ad for the singing competition, American Idol, and Joe cringed at hearing the word idol. Well, he believed no one should ever put a singer or anyone else on a pedestal. In no way, shape, or form should these people be worshipped as if they were a god. Joe prayed a silent prayer, thanking the Lord that he had no idols in his life. Yeah. Well, as Joe continued on his, or with his day, the Lord tried to teach him a lesson. Returning to his truck and running an errand, Joe noticed a big dent on the side of his prized possession. Someone had carelessly slammed a car door into his truck. Maybe he could patch it up by getting a dent repair kit and smoothing out the dent, but the task might prevent him from making it to Wednesday evening Bible study. He hated to miss, but the truck demanded his attention. Sadly, Joe, everybody say Joe. It says it would also miss service on Sunday. He had bought a nice boat for bass fishing on the lake, and he looked forward to showing off his new truck and his new boat down at the docks. No doubt many would bless him with a great, or no doubt the Lord would bless him with a great haul of fish, just like he blessed Peter, Andrew, and James, and John. Joe planned to bring home the fish and fry them up on his new grill. Even if he got back in time for Sunday evening services, he would probably be too tired to make it to church. His recliner would be very inviting, like a fish on the line. He would not be able to resist its pull. As Joe, everybody say Joe, Joe. says, heard the American Idol commercial play again, he smugly said out loud, Thank the Lord that I have no idols in my life. Yeah. Joe seems strangely similar to the Jews in the first century, doesn't he? They thought they knew everything about Jehovah and they boldly proclaimed that they would not put anything in front of him. Yet when Jesus appeared right before their eyes, they had no idea that he was God who had also appeared to Moses in the burning bush. Blinded by ignorance and anger, they wanted to stone him for proclaiming to be the great I Am. Yeah. Although we rejoice in the revelation of the oneness of God, we must be careful not to lose sight of the identity of Jesus by allowing possessions and other things to pull us away from God. Can somebody say amen? Yeah. It says, while we may know that... Um, uh, that calling on Jesus means calling on the one God of the Bible, we may not always act like it. When we neglect church prayer time and Bible reading and Bible study and all of the things that go with growth in the kingdom of God for our modern day idols, we are more like the first century Jews who failed to realize the greatness of the one in their midst. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's start off and, and cool things down a little bit here with a question. What's your dream car? What do you want for a car? An old Mustang, okay. How about you? 59 Impala. Oh, she's probably going. You got a car that you like? Just one that starts and works, right? There you go. I like that. That's good. How about you guys? You got a special car that you like? 
You don't like cars? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's good. You know, that's, that's okay. How about you? I bet you got one. You like your truck. Okay. Uh, you could do a commercial for, for Chevrolet, Chevrolet. No, Dodge. That's what it is. How about you? You got a special car? Uh, a what? Oh, you just like trucks? Over in Wyoming. I keep forgetting that. You know, everybody in Wyoming has a truck, right? Not you. You don't have one. How about you guys? Special car. You like the Jags, huh? Oh, I like that. Marvin, I bet you got about 10 of them, don't you? What's one of your special cars? If somebody would give you one, what would, it, what would you want them to give you? Ooh, yes. How about you back there? Got a special? A Corvette? I was wondering when somebody's going to mention that. 1964 Corvette Stingray. Ooh, 327, but 400 horse. Four speed. Come on. Doesn't that just thrill everybody here? Well, kind of, yeah. Plum purple or candy apple red, I'm telling. How about you? 67 Nova. Now that's, uh, I've seen those. You got one? You like many, huh? Just as long as they got tires and they run, right? How about you? Audis, yeah, the old Volkswagens. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. You know, cars are cool, but cars come and go, don't they? And this is something we have to keep in mind, praise God. I, I remember, um, uh, you know, some of the cars I had when I was a young person and 68 Firebird and just they, they were, but you know, I were that green Firebird with a tan interior um, is at right now, who knows? Probably down in the junkyard someplace. But um, I think that's kind of cool. I think sometimes guys are, are big into that in Jesus' name, you know, and sometimes gals are too. Trucks, I like that. We got a lot of trucks tonight, Jesus' name. Well, tonight we're going to talk about the Jehovah as the great I am. And I hope that you are thrilled about this because I am. I, th I, I thank God that, that, that God identifies himself with who he is. And um, um, in, in the thing that escapes us sometimes, I, 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 and this is just my opinion, my observation, I think there are very few atheists in the world. I really do. I think people that say that they're atheists are really kind of deceiving themselves. You know, I think what we have in the world is we have people that serve a lot of different gods. And we talked about Moses, remember, here a couple of weeks ago, and that's when he brought the presentation to Pharaoh. You know, that was one of the things that he said, hey, Jehovah God says, let my people go. And, you know, the first question that came out of Pharaoh's mouth was, who is this God? Who's he? You know, well, he didn't realize, or maybe he did, but he was fixing to know who that God is. And so this is what's going to happen in our world. One of these days, you know, people are going to know who Jehovah God is. The good news is, is we still have time, praise God, to get to know him better in Jesus' name. And so this is one thing that I, I think... Um, um, that, that, that we need to consider, praise God, not only with a close relationship, but allowing people to get that revelation. Pray for that. God, show them who you are in Jesus' name. Now, when we talk about the term I am, a lot of times what it means is he is. That's what it means. 
He is. He's, he existed. Or he, you know, he will be. That type of thing. And one of the places that we see this is in the third chapter of the book of Genesis. Anybody familiar with that portion of scripture? This is again um, um, in, during the time of Moses. And this is when Moses is, is being called and commissioned to go and, and to, um, to help the people to be set free. Praise God. Well, Mo- Moses here in the third chapter of the book of Exodus asks a very legitimate question. Listen to this. Bible says in verse 13 of the third chapter of Exodus, it says, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, now he's already gotten his marching orders, but he's saying when I get there, he says, um, And shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? I, I think that's a pretty legitimate question. I am in Exodus chapter number 3 and verse number 13. Okay? Um, and so, you know, I think, uh, I think that's reasonable. Who am I going to tell them sent me? Okay? Well, here's the response in verse number 14, and I'm, I'm sure many of you have heard this before. It says, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Now, to us, you know, in today's world, that's kind of an unusual greeting, isn't it? You know, you don't walk up to people and say, well, what's your name? Well, I am, you know. Well, but you're not God and I'm not him either. But this is, this is how he introduced himself. And of course, like I said before, the word I am means he is all-sufficient. The Lord is the all-sufficient one. And this is one of the things that, that, that the Lord wanted to let the children of Israel know right away. Praise God. And when you study the nation of Israel, which I think is a good study, you're going to find that this is, this is what God constantly was leading them in. He was leading them into a place where they would find out that He was the all-sufficient one. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about the fact that the first place that they, they came from the Red Sea was into the wilderness and of course they didn't have any water and they, could, they stopped at the first watering hole and what happened? You remember what happened? They tasted that water and spit it out, didn't they? Why was it? Because the water was bitter, you know? Well, Moses, of course, thank God that Moses had a, had a relationship with God. He didn't, you know, pull the panic button, but he, told, he asked the Lord, how are we going to take care of this? And God said, okay, take this tree, put it in that water and watch what happens. Amen. And God turned that bitter water into sweet water or water that was able to be drank. Praise God. Because you've got to understand, when you're talking millions of people going into a wilderness, you know, how many train loads and car loads of, of, of supplies would they have to have on a daily basis? I'm sure somebody was kind of scratching their head saying, how's this all going to work? Well, this is how we do sometimes with God. Sometimes we have to get to the place where we continually believe that God is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think. Come on, can somebody say amen? I believe this is a byproduct of knowing the great I am. Amen. Now that doesn't mean that God is going to be uh, all according to your beckoning call. I mean, one of the things that you and I have to figure out on a fairly regular basis is whatever our needs And what are our wants? You know, you can supply your wants. You can do that. God has given you the ability to do that, praise God. But there are certain needs in life that only God can supply. And that's where the great I am comes in Jesus' name. And so, you know, also when we talk about the great I am, it can also refer to the self-existent one. 
God doesn't need anything. You know, have you ever pondered, where was God 20 billion years ago? Does anybody besides me ever think about that? Yeah, I don't think about it very long because it's hard to get my mind, uh, you know, uh, wrapped around that. But the bottom line is God always existed, okay? And God didn't need anything. He's a self-existent one. And that's sometimes what really messes us up, you know. And so, you know, a lot of people, they can talk about God, but to get to know this God who is the self-existent one is the one that I think is the big challenge. Because one of the things that you and I do on a regular basis, leastways I do, is we try to compare God with ourselves. We try to compare God with what, what I consider the, um, what is the, I get those two terms mi mixed up, infinite and finite. I think God is finite and we are, in, no, the other way around. Okay, finite things, which are things that have limitations. And then when we associate the great I N with that, well, no wonder we don't believe God for certain things. See, you and I must understand that He is the infinite God. He has no boundaries. Praise God. He can create things from nothing. Oh, what a... T I mean, I'm, I'm, how do you impress somebody like that? Well, you just don't. You can and I can't impress God. So the best thing we can do is we can love Him. We can receive Him. We can uh, apply ourselves to Him. That's why the Bible says to receive with meekness the engrafted Word that's able to save your soul. It's the Word of God that begins to describe God to us. And so the great I Am, you know, is a revelation. And that's what the children of Israel were fixing to get. And I've got to believe that there were some that did, and unfortunately there were some that didn't. You know, that's just how it seems to work, praise God. And so when we, when, we, when we sum that all up, when we talk about God as the great I Am, God is everything we need, in a nutshell. Everything we need can come and will come from God if we'll have patience. Would you just lift your hands right now, maybe close your eyes, and ask the Lord to really give you some further understanding of that. I know we all struggle with that from time to time. And God knows that. He knows that sometimes we struggle with that. But He's here, praise God. Oh, He is here tonight in this Bible study to help us to see these things a whole lot clearer. Oh, hallelujah! My goodness! I can get excited about what God is doing, praise God, because He is the great I Am. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So the Jehovah of the Old Testament was the great I Am. Somebody say amen. amen. It's true. And so this is what the children of Israel. Now let me ask you a question here. How has God shown you in the past that He knew your needs before you even asked? How did God show you that you, he was even aware of the fact that you needed this before you even asked him. Anybody got any ideas about that? Yeah, that's a big can of worms. What is it? Wow. Isn't that awesome? Amen. And he'll keep doing that. Somebody else, how, how did he show to you that he, man, he's aware of that before I even asked him? Anybody? It's called Stump the Congregation tonight. Yeah, go ahead. Just the 
Sure. Um, to those things that are financial, like um, on, a, you know, on a regular basis, I knew that I would have a need to pay a certain thing, and I wasn't sure how I'd get it paid, and then all of a sudden, the funds were there. I don't know where they came from. Wow. Thank God that it was family. You know, God knew, knew you know, when, we, when I would get you know, to a place where I was lonely or in need of fellowship. You know, when I was searching for that, you know, on a, a bigger picture, That is, that is absolutely so true and so neat, praise God. You know, let me just be a little personal here. When I first came into the church, I was a, a, a single parent. I, my, I had a, a, a three-year-old child when I came in and, and challenges that went with that and all that kind of business. And, um, you know, I knew that someday I needed some help, you know, with that child. And so as I was in the church for a couple of years, God brought my dear wife to me. Praise God. I went up and threatened her boyfriend, and I said, if you see her anymore, we're... No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do that. But it was just unique the way the Lord just knew the exact person that I needed. He knew the exact situation. He knew where we were going to be 30 years, 40 years from then, you know. And so this is what really, really never ceases to ongoingly blow me away is that God who knows the end from the beginning, He knows where this is going in Jesus' name. Car Marvin, did you have something to add? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I almost felt like they had to be spiritual because it's just, just the way That is so cool. That is so cool. God knew what needed to take place. I did get a revelation here about 20 years ago. You know, and that revelation was, God, just give me grandkids. <laughs> no, that one didn't work. He said it doesn't work without the other. But nevertheless, I appreciate that, Marvin. It's nice to know that God can change our minds. Come on, let's let Him do that. Let's let Him show us things. Let's not get so, you know, dyed in the wool that, you know, this is the way it is and, and that, you know, God can show us. I'm not talking about doctrine here, folks. I'm not talking about the truth. I'm talking about us. And, and you and I, we must accept the fact. Now, number two here, we talked about Jehovah in the Old Testament, first of all. Now we talk about Jesus. And this is why that scripture in, in the third chapter of the book of Exodus, in my opinion, is so very important, is because God identified himself in the Old Testament as the I Am. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but in the eighth chapter, or not at the eighth chapter, but in the, in the Gospel of John, you know, the Gospel of John, it doesn't take rocket science to figure out that that Gospel highlights on certain things and one of the things it did you know it highlights is on what Jesus did there are seven notable miracles in that gospel but also what the gospel of John highlights on is who he is eight uh, at least eight times in the gospel of John you will see Jesus himself 
introducing himself. Let me give you a for instance. In the sixth chapter, um, twice he says, first of all, he says, I am the bread of life. Jesus identifies himself as the I am. Second of all, he identifies himself as the living bread. You know, he was making reference to the Old Testament, how they got manna, you know, from the sky and that type of thing. Well, he was saying, I am the living bread. And so again, Jesus is trying to help these Jews. He's trying to help these people who are supposed to have a fair knowledge of the Old Testament understand who he is. Think about that. And I believe that he's doing that yet today. You know, number three, in the eighth chapter of the book of John, he identifies himself as the light of the world. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Now come on, get the, get the vision here. You know, I believe that's what Jesus is trying to do for everybody. You know, number four in the 10th chapter, he says, I am the good shepherd. Yeah. And then in the, uh, also in the 10th chapter, he says, I am the door. You know, in the 11th chapter, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Remember that difficult situation when he purposely waited four days to get there? Remember that? And of course, they come crying and say, oh, Jesus, if you'd have been here, you know, he'd have... And you know, all Jesus was trying to help them to understand was who he was, who he is. Man, I'll tell you something, folks. Help us, God. Help us to see this. Help us to recognize that you're not trying to make our days bad. You're not trying to rain on our parades. You're just trying to reveal yourself in a mighty way. Come on, does anybody besides me feel the Holy Ghost right now? Come on, I believe you could lift up your hands right now and you could ask God to help you in some of those troubled areas. And He would do that. He's the great I Am, by the way. Come on, He is the great I Am in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. And so think about this. How has, now, you don't have to answer this, but how has God revealed Himself to you? Wow. Think about it. Some of the times that God has done that for you. And, and, and don't let that be dismissed. One of the things that I ask God for on a regular basis when it comes to His kingdomness is let me have retention. Let me retain these things that you have done. Praise God. Don't, not just memories that I forget. And that's why I'm believing that God sometimes wants to take us down memory lane just for the fact that He said, do you remember how I did that? You remember when you were desperate? You remember when you didn't have any friends, when nobody wanted to talk to you, when you didn't think there was anybody that cared? And all of a sudden, I just, you, you drove by the building and I said, go on in there. Just go ahead and go in there. And you followed His direction, praise God, and you came to a service. You begin to lift up your hands and the Spirit of the Lord came upon you. Come on, folks. I'm not too far off with a lot of people. This is how God does it. He reveals Himself to people. Amen. And He wants to continue to do that in Jesus' name. And then in, in the in 14th chapter of the book of, of, of John, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now again, this is Jesus identifying Himself to people. I am. Come on, that should click. And then um, an, another place, the, it says, he says in the 15th chapter of the book of John, he says, I am the, I am the true vine. And every one of those revelations, folks, are kind of like the Old Testament, where he was Jehovah Jireh, he was Jehovah Nistra, he was Jehovah this, Jehovah that, Jehovah this. What was that? That was God's progressive revelation to the nation of Israel. That's what it was. 
you know, those, those redemptive names that God gave them in the Old Testament, Jesus was just reiterating those saying that I am that now. Now it's all in me. Praise God. And remember that. Jesus didn't, he didn't need uh, to brag. He was just proclaiming in Jesus' name. And so I'm so thankful for that. Jesus identified himself as the I Am. That's what he did. And so this is what makes the connection with the Old Testament, praise God. That's why the Old Testament is not something that's obsolete. You and I can still learn tons from the Old Testament in Jesus' name. And so, you know, let's let God show some things to me, praise God. And you want to know something? Jesus was so... Um, uh, uh, disclosing that those religious leaders were getting mad. You want to know why? Because he was showing himself as the great I am. He was claiming to be Almighty God. Amen. And whoa, they were starting to really, that was rubbing them the wrong way. Well, instead of rubbing them the wrong way, they should have gotten the revelation of who he was. Now think about it. One of the, one of the greatest contentions uh, during the time of Christ was, who do men say that I am? That's what it was. That was. That's why a lot of people were stumbling. And I don't want Jesus to become a stumbling block to me. I don't. I want Jesus to become that open door, praise God, where no man can open it and no man can shut it in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody here need an open door? You can lift up your hands and you can say, God, by your grace and by your power, these things can happen tonight. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so the religious leaders knew what he was claiming. They weren't that stupid. They knew exactly what he was doing. And so Jesus is everything. The Jehovah of the Old Testament becomes the Jesus of the New Testament. And he becomes our everything in Jesus' name. Now, Brother Jeremy, do you have that video um, uh, uh, up? Why don't you go ahead and play that now, if you don't mind. <clears throat> yes. When I was much younger than I am now, we used to go to my grandmother's house in West Virginia. She made quite a feast, especially breakfast. Bacon, scrambled eggs, biscuits, hamburger gravy, which I think is better than sausage gravy. And then she filled up those little yogurt cups with milk and orange juice. So one morning I was watching somebody else eat breakfast for some reason, and they took a big gulp of that orange juice. When I picked up my yogurt cup, tipped it back, took a big gulp of, whoa, what was that? I picked up the milk cup expecting orange juice, and I thought the juice had spoiled. Expectation can change everything. When Jesus was born, everybody expected him to be born in a palace, laid in a crib, attended to by royalty. But he was born in a stable, laid in a manger, attended to by shepherds. As he grew up, everybody expected him to just be a good preteen boy, Mary and Joseph's son, but nobody expected him to teach the teachers and the lawyers, but he did at 12 years old. After Jesus turned water into wine at a wedding and healed at least one lame limb, it was pretty obvious Jesus was not just another man. He must be the Messiah, but they expected a military Messiah. Followers just knew if they followed him, they would win an unwinnable war against the mighty Roman army. But when Jesus taught, he taught them to love their enemies and pray for those who persecuted them. That's not what they expected. They expected him to kick out the Romans, but he kicked out sickness and sin and the devil and death. They wanted military, they got meek, and they crucified him because he was not what they expected. Even if you're a Bible quizzer, 
Even if you're a Bible teacher, you don't have God figured out, and neither do I. We need to let God be God and expect only what He wants to do and be in our lives. When we pray, let's expect God to hear, because He will. But don't expect God to do what you want. Expect God to do what is right, because He is righteous, and He will always do what is right. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Praise God. And, and you, know, and how, uh, you know, how true those are today. You know, we all uh, come to the Lord with our own little idiosyncrasies. We all come to God with our own little ideas of how he should do things and so on and so forth. And believe me, even after years of serving God, we still have to sort through those things. And this is why, in my opinion, again, it's so important for us to allow the great I am to reveal himself to us because he wants to show us what, it, what, what really it is. And so hopefully we can, you know, we can spend more and more time with that and, and we can understand the fact that God isn't going to change. No. God isn't going to change. I am the one that's going to change. I am the one that's going to get a, a better view and, and, and a greater understanding of what he's doing. And, and, and I accept that. I appreciate that. Now, sometimes patience has to enter into the equation, but the bottom line is, you know, we're going to know God as he is, in Jesus' name. And I, I thank God for that. I was thinking of this scripture tonight. Look at um, Philippians chapter number three, I believe it is. I'm just going to throw this in for free tonight. If I can find it. Bible says, finally, my brethren, chapter 3 of, of Philippians. The scripture says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. That's one of the themes of the book of uh, Philippians. It says, to write the same things to you and to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Wow. Boy, that one's a tough one, isn't it? Because that's what sometimes we go back to revert to. And we must understand even though God was manifest in the flesh, we know that Jesus Christ allowed that spirit to have preeminence. And that's what you and I, we can learn, praise God. So number three tonight, what we've talked about the fact that the Jehovah of the Old Testament identified himself as the great I Am. Okay? And then as we've seen in Scripture tonight, we've seen that where Jesus himself identified himself as the great I am. But the overall principle here, folks, is that there's not multitudes of gods. There's only one God. And that, in my opinion, is a tremendous and needs to be a tremendous revelation, praise God. There's only one I am, praise God. There was only one I am in the Old Testament, and there was, there's only one I am in the New Testament. And I thank God for that revelation in Jesus' name. God is able to help us. Jehovah manifested himself in flesh as Jesus Christ. That was the, the, the issue that they had in the days of Christ, is that they just couldn't, like he said, they couldn't believe that God would come and do these things, that he would, you know, um, 
uh, sit around and converse with sinners and he would you know help people and, and stuff like that and then die on a cross praise God but John chapter number one the gospel of John remember that it says in verse 14 it says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and then first Timothy chapter number three and verse 16 says and without controversy it says great is the mystery of godliness for God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles and believed on in the world and received up into glory. So I thank God that you and I, we understand that one God of the Old Testament incarnated himself in that body of Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse number 2 proclaims, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song and he also is become my salvation. And you know who that was or who that is? That's Jesus. That's exactly what that's talking about. That prophecy in Isaiah is talking about Jesus Christ becoming our salvation. Why? Because he had a body that could shed blood and could be crucified and could die. But thank God through the Spirit of the Lord it could be resurrected again in Jesus' name. You know the Bible teaches us that as Jesus resurrected from the dead, so you and I are going to be doing the same thing. So let's continue to follow Jesus Christ and let's not get too upset with some of the things that happens to us in this life in Jesus' name. Listen to this story here as we conclude this Bible study tonight. You know, Maurice was headed to the plant for an early shift. And straining to peer into the black fog, he could remember foggy mornings before, but this dawn might be the foggiest he could remember in years. Well, it was a struggle. It was a struggle to discern the lines of the highway, so he primarily, or he, he basically pu pulled the car, you know, or pushed the car into the darkness by instinct and memory of the familiar road. Well, when the sight of the giant cow loomed in the headlights, he fought denial. How could there suddenly be a cow mere feet ahead? Well, no time to rationalize the emergency, he instinctively bellowed the name of Jesus. Anybody ever been there? Where that's the only thing you could cry out is the name of Jesus. Yeah. Well, he bellowed the name of Jesus, he closed his eyes, and he braced for an impact. Well, he didn't even touch the brakes because the, the, the collision was so certain. But half a second passed and another and then another and he opened up his eyes to mere darkness again. Well, he looked in the rear view mirror or in the mirror as he slowed the car and pulled over to, to get his breathing and his heart rate under control and there had been a cow there. Well, it was as real as the steering wheel he clutched in his trembling grip and there was darkness and then the cow and then his prayer. Can a single word count as a prayer? Come on, when we know who the great I am is, it can. Praise God. And that's what happened. Well, he wondered. He was unsure and alone in the darkness and he decided to extend it into a longer prayer of gratitude towards God. That's what he did, okay? Well, after a few minutes, he noticed, or, or uh, he, yeah, he nosed the sedan back into the dark road and continued his drive and his thoughts continued too. If he had been so quick to call on Jesus' name in the moment of a disaster, 
Well, then why did he keep resisting the Bible study teachers insistent that the name of Jesus was the only biblical pattern for baptism? You ever wonder about that? Yeah. See, God shows himself to people in magnificent ways. He will do that. And not because we ask him, but because he is the great I am. But you must understand that God has got a plan. And God's plan is that none would, 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 uh, would go to hell, that nobody would be lost, but that all would come to a place of repentance. And this is what the great I am is doing, praise God. And, so, and since Jesus had so miraculously rescued him from the sure danger of that morning, why not call out to him every morning in prayer before the potential of a crisis ever began? Doesn't it make sense for us to develop a deep relationship with God? Come on, doesn't it make sense for us to really get Him integrated and involved in every aspect of our lives? Come on, this is what God is trying to do. Just like He was trying to reach the people in the Old Testament and just like Jesus was trying to reach people that were around Him. The same Jesus, the same I Am is here today and He's trying to reach our hearts. He's trying to reach out to us and help us to realize who He is in Jesus' name. Let's stand tonight. I appreciate you coming to Bible study tonight. But let's, let's take a few minutes here and let's begin to pray to the great I Am. Let's ask God to help us to not only realize who He is during a crisis, but let's ask Him to reveal to us during our daily lives in Jesus' name. Come on.